Welcome to the After Dark Podcast with Anthony James and Conrad. Episode 11, Alpha and Omega. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Hello and welcome to the After Dark Podcast. I'm Anthony James and that's Conrad. Hello. We're here for the last episode of season one. I can't believe we've made it, Conrad. How do you feel? Woo! Yeah, I feel great. Uh, it's uh, It's been a journey. It's been an absolute journey, and it's taken us, well, it must have taken us nine weeks, I think, to get here. And uh, must have, must have, that's how the math checks out there, I think. And uh, probably a lot longer than most people's nine hours it took for them to get to this point, but... Uh, yeah, I'm but, envious of those people who got to watch, it, watch all of this in nine hours rather than waiting a painstaking week between each one. Exactly, yeah, but uh, you know, it's better. It's better for the podcast, and I, th- I, I do think it's better for your enjoyment of the show too, because you are getting to go super deep into your theories. Most yeah, people, I'm going turbo on these. Yeah, most people don't actually go into the get into theories until they finish watching the season, and then they're like, right, what's going to happen next season? Because of binge culture, whereas you're doing it per, per episode, which is unbelievable. Uh, right, what have you been up to this week, Conrad? Um, not a huge amount. We, we were talking just before this that I, I got a I got a another tattoo uh, for those who don't know, or and that there's no reason why anyone would know this because I haven't revealed it on the podcast. But I, I have quite a few tattoos. Uh, what getting what one tattoo on. did you get? Actually, I, I didn't ask. Um, you. I'm having my sleeve finished, so I had the Akira pill from the back of Canada's jacket for anime fans Lovely. among you um, added <laughs> to my sleeve, uh, and I got the meteor uh, symbol from Final Fantasy VII. So my sleeve is now. Is Even nerdier. No, the bottom of it is the the top still to go. But um, yeah, it's a ridiculous. It's basically like a kind of bat signal for turbo nerds like me in real life. Like it kind of throw it out there and see if anyone <laughs> recognizes the weird stuff I have on my arm. Um, but yeah, I mentioned to my tattooist both the podcast and the fact that I am watching Dark, and they immediately started launching into uh, trying to figure out what I had seen and what I hadn't seen, and I had to panic <laughs> in, in a panicked voice, like beg with them to stop the conversation because I felt like they were going to spoil something for me but the, the most important question is did they spoil something no they did they met they meant i'll tell you exactly what they what they said because i want full disclosure between us and the listeners they mentioned the name eric obendorf and said and i quote they found him annoying so <laughs> so, <laughs> so make of that what you will fans <laughs> i don't know i mean is eric annoying i think that's a little harsh to be honest given he we didn't see we, we, line. yeah we didn't see enough of him to be honest yeah with. yeah um but uh, yeah, gingers are annoying apparently may, yeah maybe that's tattooist. why yeah maybe that's where it comes from but um i did mention the podcast so if you're listening tattoo artist this is me calling you out yeah exactly and tattoo artist if you if what you were going to say next before conrad cut you off put it in the comments make sure you make sure you spoiler tag it though spoiler tag it please yeah exactly um right also i just have to do i always do my little provisors because i hate getting yelled at in the comments um my little comment there about him being ginger i'm married to a ginger i have a ginger son right okay let's move on Uh, (laughs) (laughs) you know they do have souls i do believe i do believe they have souls (laughs) right (laughs) okay so this week episode is a doozy and you know what this might be an explicit tag i don't know what a f***ing episode. This, this was, oh, holy moly. There's a lot that goes on in this one. Yeah. A lot that goes on. Uh, all, and I'm not even going to wait there, Connor. I'm not, gonna, I'm not even going to wait. You, you finally heard my favorite part in the whole show. Ik yeah. Bindu. Yeah, Ik Bindu. 
bloody called it. We'll get into that later. Don't you worry. I've got, I've got some, got to put some green down in the old theory matrix this week. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> Any red? There might be a bit of red actually. I oh, that's... we'll have to wait and see. There might be, a, might be a little bit of red in there. Fals, fals. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into it then. Yeah, let's do it. Oh, let's break it down. All right. So the episode opens with. Uh, a scene that we've really been waiting this whole time to see. I know you've been waiting the whole time I, to see. I, it. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna stop you here for a second. Holy shit! This opening. It's just like it, it's like fan service. The opening. This. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, carry yeah. on. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. It is. It's just like this. See this guy who's been praying and acting creepy the whole time, and yeah. this old fellow who's been going around trimming everyone's bush. Well, this is what yeah. they were up to. It's it's so obvious in retrospect, and I and I I was slightly cross at myself that I kind of I didn't. I'm not sure whether to give myself points for this because I, I did sort of start to walk back my Peter and Tronta are so obviously guilty that they can't possibly be guilty theory. I think it was round about episode seven, I think, where I was yeah, like, okay. you're trying to double guess yourself. Yeah, but I mean, I, I, I wanted to stick to it because uh, I bloody knew that, they, that it was all a red herring. And here we are. <laughs> Just straight away, it's like they know. It's like, oh, I bet you wanted to see what Peter and Tronta have been up to. Well, here you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and to be honest with you, it made yeah, it made so much sense. Like, yeah, it just and it re- just recontextualizes everything you've seen about them for the entire se- season. It's so, it's so brilliantly done. So let's just contextualize this for the listeners who are watching on the uh, listening on the audio app, um, just in case they they didn't rewatch episode ten, just so they they don't really know what we're talking about. Basically, yeah. P- Peter and Tronta, or Peter goes down after. Going around to Benny, Benny Voller, the uh, was it the uh, the prostitute? We went around to them, and was was looked like it was going to partake, yeah. Uh, which apparently has it. has been an issue with him and Charlotte in the past. Peter didn't partake, and then he went to the bunker and cried there for a bit. Um, yeah. And then, out of nowhere, a portal appeared, which looked like a portal, and yep. Mads Nielsen's body fell through. Tronta yes. then rings. Uh, no, Tronta then comes after Peter rings him. And he's crying over Mads uh, before Claudia comes in and says, we have to take him to where he's found. Yeah. And it's... Yeah. I just, like, and I, of course they're secretive about this. It makes so much sense because... No one will no believe one's gonna, Yeah, no one's going to believe them that a body just fell out of a shimmering portal in front of them, which, by the way, <laughs> I said in the first episode, I think it was the first episode, might have been the second one, that I didn't think uh, the crossing between times would be like a shimmering portal. And uh, that was clearly wrong because here we are. Um, but, well, uh, well, one of them, because we know one of them is the tunnel. That is, yeah, that's true. The tunnel, I feel like, was an early prototype of this kind of portal when the designers lacked imagination and they were just like, let's just make it a hole into, <laughs> into another yeah. time. And they've, this is sort of time tunnel 2.0 or perhaps 3 or 4.0 and they've got yeah, yeah. They put a bit of flair in it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, so no one would believe them. And then, yeah, Claudia just turning up. Claudia, you know, for someone who hasn't really been in the series up until this point, she's had a lot of heavy lifting to do in the last couple of episodes. Yeah, so her, her, definitely, and there's allusions to it later uh, by Noah as well. It seems that sort of her hands are sort of moving things around, we'll say. Yeah, definitely. Um, so just wanted to sort of point out here as well, whenever the uh, portal opens up and Mads comes through, he's obviously got the eyes burned. Is your understanding of this, Conrad, that the machine Noah was making created that portal and then he fell through that? Uh, that's a good point, actually. I hadn't really... Because of the eyes, no, it, it makes me... Yeah, think it, it, must, it, it must be. Yeah, it must be. Because yeah, it, it's, it's him. It's, it's Noah trying to send someone uh, forward in time from 86. So, and, well, yeah, because that's when Mads went, went missing. 
and yeah. um, although they bring all of them to 86 actually so that's a moot point but um yeah so th this must be noah who created this one and i guess it makes sense because it looks different to the one we see later in the episode yes which is a different machine okay yes. so let's move on from this awesome opening uh to the title of the episode now yeah it's a bit of a gimme this one yeah it is a bit of a gimme and i'm just you know i'm not even, obviously the only thing is uh the unt in the middle yeah. um i'm just i'm sure i'm sure <laughs> i'm sure it's even though it's not really german someone's going to tell us that we're not pronouncing it well like you know so should it be omega or omega what would you say i would say omega alpha and omega no, I, 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 I wrap my lips too much around that one. I sort of, I was leaning into the accent too hard. And I, th I, I said like Omega, which I don't think is right, but uh, Omega. Yeah. Alpha and Omega. I said it as well. It's weird. <laughs> it's, it's because the, the lack of any really pronounced German in this title is making me overcompensate in the Latin. So it, we've yeah, probably yeah. done that a disservice. Well, I've, I've definitely heard people say Omega. I say Omega. And, and some people I know say Omega. Which always always freaked me out to be honest with you. Omega, that's weird. I've heard that's, Omega. That's wrong. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Omega, Omega Squadron. Yeah, I've heard it somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, all right. Okay. So that one was sort of a gimme. Uh, having said that, I'm sure we both got it wrong. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we then get like a little callback to sort of the '80s horror um, from the beginning of the series, as well as yeah, just, I love you know, this. Yeah, generally waking up from a nightmare. Jonas loves his nightmares, and or, or not so, so to speak, but. Mikkel is actually in the bed with him. So in, previous in the season, we've seen him uh, waking up and seeing his uh, father yeah. in a dream and then waking up again. This time, because obviously now he knows that Mikkel is his father, he sees Mikkel in the bed um, and then he wakes up. Uh, you said you love this. What did you love about it? It's just like, I, I really like the sort of, like you say, it's a very, it's a very clear callback to kind of 80s horror, the imagery of like the hand kind of creeping over the shoulder. Yeah. Um, and it's, and it's double, it has kind of a dual meaning as well, because the, the bait and switch to me at least was that it could have been Marta's hand, which yeah. is horrific in a different way. Um, and then, but then you see it's Mikkel and yeah, obviously there's kind of ooh, spooky ghost story stuff about that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and also, you know, him getting rid of his pills, um, but like you know the implication is because we know later in the episode that Jonas is still seeing Mikkel uh later in his life is that the pill like the vision is not him going insane because he's seeing Mikkel with or without taking the pills true actually that and that's a discussion we can get into as to what you think that vision is um yeah. I will say that that actually that there's been a couple of times when it's definitely been a, a nightmare and yeah. there's been a, co a couple of times when it has been you know, when they're fully awake, uh, you know, and well, as now we know from this episode, the stranger is Jonas, as you predicted. But so whenever Jonas uh, is fully awake and sort of about wits, has his wits about him, he still sees his, his father. So we'll yeah. get into a more uh, meaty conversation about that later, but that's something to, to think about. Um, okay, so then we get Bartos and Marta. Yeah, Bartos um, just being as emotionally unavailable as he possibly can be in this scene. Yeah, he's trying hard. He's trying hard, though. I think he's... I don't know. Bartos is a bit of a roller coaster in this episode. Um, yeah. He's just very muted. Like, I feel like he... I feel like he's been... I mean, we kind of find out later, but I think he's been exposed to some ideas by Noah mm -hmm. and obviously has been hurt a bit by Marta. And his response to all of it is just to completely shut down emotionally. Sort of the way he's uh, hes kind of comforting Marta. I can't really remember what he says. Is it everything's going to be all right or something? Or Alice is good or something? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, But all's the way good, he's saying good, yeah. it. Yeah, with his eyes open and no emotion on his face. <laughs> it's all's a bit good. creepy. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay, awesome. Uh, so um, that's a really short, short scene. I think Martha's really distressed. And I think she maybe seems to have come to the conclusion maybe that she's treated Bartos poorly, I think. Yeah, I think she just, you know, her brother is missing, presumed dead. And then she has to deal with a romantic reje- rejection from a boy that she really likes. And it's all a bit much for her, I think. She kind of is going through a sort of minor breakdown here, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a hard time for her. Right, moving on from there then, we get uh, Jonas visiting his grandmother, Enos. Uh, first time we've really seen this character of Enos since like the second or third episode, really. Um, she's just sort of pottering about. But um, we didn't really find out this series either um, why there is a, a split in the, uh, in the family in terms of the ripped photograph. Yeah. Um, so maybe we'll find out about that. Maybe we won't. Maybe it's just us. I think we, we thought maybe thought it was something to do with the fact that uh, Hannah was cheating on um, Michael at some point. Yeah, that's my working theory at the moment. That's your working theory at the moment, yeah. Um, so Jonas basically goes on to Enos Ina, about like, you know, did you know he was from the future? Uh, and it sort of, it, I won't say too much because I'm sure you want to talk about it, but uh, Enos then brings the tree box out, shows a few uh, things, gives Jonas the... Uh, the letter again so now he has it again which, yep. which is sort of a big big clue in this in yeah. this series in this episode that that the stranger was Jonas. you know how- yeah, as, as, as soon as she did that i kind of high-fived myself i was like come on yeah, here yeah. we so, go so as, as with most big reveals in like like you remember the the, the children's book in episode five from, from yeah. Mike, the michael reveal they they really ramp up the clues leading into the reveal just so most uh, most people can say that they got it do you know yeah, what I mean? like they're, they're kind of they're, they're they're sort of hand feeding you um what's going to happen by this yeah. episode i think um and it and it, you know it's a smart way of doing it because they want you know everyone feels good when they get something right so it's yeah and uh, they're more likely to enjoy the show if they get it right and you know yeah. what i mean i think so it's I, I like a twist i in my mind my mind i think a twist is more more powerful to me whenever i feel like i've i've predicted it do you know what yeah, I mean? definitely. Like you, and, and yeah, you feel like smart, and yeah. uh, and you know, gem- generally are more likely to watch it because you like something that lets you pretend that you're intelligent. Exactly. In my um, case, I should say. Yeah, and then uh, Jonas also goes on a, a little bit of a rant, uh, to Enos here about like um, you know, my mother's the school principal, uh, yeah. and he kissed his auntie. Yeah, he, I mean, he's he's kind of. Um, he seems like he's sort of desperately seeking some way of kind of justifying his own inaction here by kind of projecting onto Enos the responsibility for fixing it. Um, and, um, I, you know, I don't think he actually believes it himself. Like he feels just as guilty as he wants Enos to feel about how messed up it's made his own life. Yeah. But he, this is Jonas, I think in this episode, and I have said this before, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it's the case in this one based on how this episode ends. Um, throughout this episode i think it's him resolving to leave this timeline behind because he feels like a man who's kind of outside of time yeah. um and doesn't really have a place here anymore um and i loved enos's response where, where she says very pointedly who knows what the future will bring <laughs> <laughs> who indeed enos yeah um i actually yeah I, I i agree with you like i think where earlier in the season when you were predicting that Jonas wouldn't come back yet yeah. In my mind, I was I knew why you're predicting that, and you you know in in the, in the end you you probably are going to be right because it does seem in this episode like he is off now you know, 
but but um, I, I, there was still a bit more character building to be done before he went. You know, in the first yeah, half of this yeah. series, Jonas was very much a passenger, but we always knew he was going to be the sort of one of the main characters. Now, yeah. in the second half of the season, he's got the character development. He's he sort of, as you say, feels like he's not really a part of this. He's the problem. It's all set. It's all set now for him just to go off. Yeah. Um. Just as a very brief aside as well, there's a, there's a, there was a scene before this which you skipped over because it's not really relevant. But um, the care home nurses in the scene with Charlotte Charlotte coming to look for her uh, for her father-in-law, they're yeah. just like very laissez-faire about Helga just wandering off. Like I feel like they should probably lock the windows in yeah, that yeah. care home or something. Uh, but it, just... yeah, and even the fact that he, he's he's ne- you know he's, he's he's always come back. He's never he's never been yeah. over, away for. They're just like oh you you know how this this guy with dementia is. Like he just wanders off and we let him. It's... Yeah, but even like it's the first time he's never come back and they're still not panicking yeah what are the rules here guys yeah but i'm gonna come back to that uh, later on because okay <laughs> it sort of sort of pairs there's two small scenes with charlotte and then one where she calls peter which are very short but i'll come oh, okay. back to that yeah but that's basically that's basically it's nothing that, that's all it is although one thing about that scene is that she does ask one of the first things she asks charlotte asks is about ulrich yeah like she's well yeah we'll we'll, we'll, we'll come back to this i guess yeah. later on but but charlotte is putting it together in this episode and i have some thoughts about where i see charlotte's character going yeah 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 i would agree um i i well i agree about her putting it together she, she charlotte definitely seems to be the most competent police officer we've had in this show Oh yeah hands down like she yeah. hasn't committed police brutality or murdered anyone yet which immediately <laughs> puts her above 90 percent of the police officers we've yeah, yeah. seen in this show and she also hasn't been drinking in her office as well yeah I, yeah actually really it's her and Voller. those are the only two and well actually Voller is corrupt so yeah, yeah, yeah charlotte yeah. miles ahead of them all <laughs> And I'll tell you what, which I, you know, it's it's a it's it's a feature of a police officer, which is which is you know not really looked into very much, but she's very sparing in the use of question marks. Oh yeah, no, she's mm-hmm. she she doesn't. She, I haven't doesn't seen her write a single question. Actually, ha- hold on, is there a question mark around the picture of Noah? Oh, maybe actually. So that maybe that's where they're all going because that's where her attention is. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Like a so... Goddamn Riddler poster just like <laughs> covered in them. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so then we get a uh, nice little sort of movement from one scene with Enos and Jonas into the next scene with Enos and uh, Mikkel. Yeah, I wasn't just uh, like very briefly because they do this a couple of times in this episode. I wasn't sure what to call this cut because it's not a match cut because Enos is facing very deliberately in the opposite direction when it's young. So it's almost like a mirror mm. cut, but it's this really fantastic like kind mm. of editing from old uh, old Enos to to young Enos and very sort of purposefully mirrored down the center of the screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, yeah. Well, it's sort of a it's sort of a mixture of the both, I would say. Then, but it's yeah. it's a yeah, it's really really nice. I like I like Dark does this, especially in the second season. There's in the second season, there's a particular three scenes in a row which I cannot wait for us to get to, um, which is three scenes in a row where it's just like the symmetry within the scenes is unbelievable. Yeah. Um. So I'm really looking forward to that in the second season. But this is an example of a similar idea. We have like Jonas and his grandmother, and then we have uh, Jonas's father and his adoptive mother so yeah. it's it's really really great symmetry it's a very short uh, scene this one and it's just enos sort of really sort of it's showing how mickle maybe started as a child coming to 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 understand that he will just live in 86 uh, yeah. because she says Am, are you a butterfly or a person who dreamed of being a butterfly yeah. um obviously he said then maybe i'm both and did an amazing trick but um <laughs> basically but basically it's, it seems like you can understand now through that reasoning and sort of how Enos will ground him in the 80s and sort of how he would come to know, think that, think of that as home, maybe. 
Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. And, and I also think this scene is, is just a really nice kind of brief moment to sort of rehumanize Mickle because we haven't really... I'm trying to think, what was it as far back as episode three where he is kind of getting his character stuff with Hannah? I'm trying to think if we've really seen much from Mickle where he's kind of actually comes across as a person rather than kind of the fulcrum for other people going off and doing stuff in the time travel sort of story. Um, and to, to me, mm-hmm. like him, him kind of revealing that he wants to go home was maybe this is just because I wasn't paying enough attention to his story. But to me, that kind of caught me as a moment where he's like, oh, this is actually a child uh, who you know, can't go home, can't yeah. ever see his parents again. And it and it's just this really nice moment of humanization for him, um, for a character I feel like maybe wasn't getting as much of that as some of the other characters. But again, maybe that was me not paying enough attention to him. Yeah, I know what you mean, yeah. Um also that was episode five, I think. So episode five, yeah. Yeah, yeah where he had the the hammer oh, yeah, on the yeah, bench outside the, the hospital. Yeah, because that's the reveal episode, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, so next episode we get uh, another great. This this episode's just obviously chock a block full of small <laughs> yeah. great great scenes. I oh, said next scene. episode there, but I meant next scene. Uh, yeah. So next scene is uh, Auric getting his photo taken at the police. Office. He's sort of getting booked in. He's been he's been arrested, and yeah. Egon's there. And you have a great little moment where uh, he, he Egon realizes who this is. Yeah. Um. And uh, of course, I'm watching the dub, so it was like. Tiderman, yeah, um, but uh, it's so, oh, yeah, the, the, him Ulrich quoting the rock music at Egon, yeah. and there's like this brilliant you've got the, this idea of the future influencing the past having very, very serious repercussions throughout this show, mm-hmm. but between these two, you've just got this kind of mutually mutually assured hatred between them yeah. where like Ulrich is quoting rock music at Egon and he's who's clearly already afraid of Satanism but yeah. that's just going to reinforce the idea that Satanists are at work here which yeah. as we know will stay with Egon throughout his life yeah it will and, uh, and like the idea as well like when he was in Ulrich's bedroom as well reading those lyrics it was jo- it was jogging things in his memory yeah, that he probably didn't even realize him. and yeah. that's why he didn't like Ulrich when he's young and it's all sort of it's just so well written it's so it's so great yeah um right okay so th- then that sort of photograph that's taken will become important later so yeah. uh we then get a scene sort of what seems like might be Jonas's last time seeing Bartos and Marta for a while anyway but um so Jonas actually sort of is confronted by Bartos and if you didn't like obviously to Jonas this might feel like completely out of the blue but we don't know what Noah's been telling uh, Bartos as well which yeah. is obviously riling him up but when you're watching this just thinking about what, what he's actually excusing Jonas of like not you know sort of standing him up and not meeting up with him and stuff it all it does seem very small problems compared to what's going on in the show elsewhere yeah yeah and and it, I it's a good point actually I, I do wonder what what Noah has been telling, but I mean, we have some idea of what he's been telling Bartos because it must involve Claudia in some way, mm-hmm. but um, whether he's been kind of filling his head with stories about Jonas as well. Yeah, exactly. So, but I think, I think, you know, even just generally, I think, you know, him kissing your girlfriend is reason enough for a fight when you're that age, I would imagine. Probably when yeah, you're any age. It's a, it's a very realistic fight in that they both look like idiots. Um, <laughs> yeah. like, Cause they just kind of roll around on the floor for a bit and then stand up and kind of storm off. Um, yeah. Which, yeah, really appealed to me. Also, Bartos needs to invest in a waterproof, I noticed in this scene, because he's just wearing a leather jacket with a hoodie and that is not going to do anything against this kind of weather. No, actually, it'll probably ruin that jacket. 
Yeah, um, like I feel like Regina is going to scold him when he gets back for ruining that the the nice supple leather jacket that she yeah, bought him. She's going to drag him down to the hotel and show him all the keys on the wall and say, "We've got yeah. no business here." Yeah, can't, can't buy afford another, another one. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then Marta comes out. It's, it seems like Marta is sort of a passive, passively on Bartos' side in this a little, a little bit. She doesn't really know what to do. Obviously, Jonas yeah. has rejected her. So she's sort of, I don't know, she's sort of just a passive character at the, at the minute. Um, I, th- so. I think she's just not on Jonas's side. That's like yeah. the like she. I don't. I don't think she particularly wants to be aligned with Bartos, but she's the best she ha- best she has at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, cool. So then the next one, uh, we find out what actually the uh, stranger, who we now know is uh, older Jonas, what he um, actually got from the barrels. Uh, yes, he took out that little thing that you thought was a bomb. Yeah, I thought he was blowing up the truck, but we actually are going to get a far bigger, ex- <laughs> well, maybe not explosion, but a far bigger reaction than yeah, the truck it, blowing up. Exactly. So he, it actually turned out it, it was a cesium one three seven. Yeah, and we do know that those barrels were from the fallout or something that happened in the eighties. So this is what was created, yeah. um, and it's uh, this time they didn't have to get it from the Libyans. It, they came from wind itself. <laughs> I'm glad itself. you mentioned Back to the Future here because I literally made a note in this scene. I'm looking forward to the later in the season where this device can be powered by banana skins and lets people fly. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That'll be in season three. It's the natural upgrade. Um, <laughs> okay, so uh, also uh, Stranger sort of uh, questioned Townhouse here about like, you know, why, you, why did you help me? And Townhouse yeah. just realised... I've just maybe my life boils down to this one moment, and uh, and this is my this is my part in all of this, so I have to play it. Yeah, um, like he doesn't actually have as much. He's kind of accepting determinism here. Like yeah, he's sort yeah. of like the why doesn't matter. It's sort of a a nebulous concept to him. Like, is it something in his soul that's telling him to do it? Is it you know reason doesn't really matter because he just has to do it. Yeah, exactly. And I just want your your opinion on one. Uh, you can give me opinion generally on this scene if you, if, it, if there's more to say. But there's uh there's I just want your opinion. Obviously, we he then confirms that it look it is the same machine from the start of the life and beginning of the life of the machine. And yeah. we'll get into maybe a little bit about the mechanics, what we find out about the workings of the machine. But I just wanted to get your your opinion on the line when the stranger's leaving. He says by uh, by tomorrow, uh, he hopes that the future will be different than today. Yeah, um, well, it's there's an interesting kind of almost like a dichotomy uh, in this episode because Tanhouse is kind of that I think it actually runs throughout this entire episode. The idea that this entire like everything that everyone is doing is deterministic, and the stranger is being reminded of this constantly and everyone is telling him oh this is just my part to play and it's gonna you know i'm not nothing i can do will actually make any difference and yet the stranger is so kind of bloody minded and what that we'll probably get back into this a little bit later because there's a very interesting mirror between old Jonas and young Jonas. but he's so bloody minded in his pursuit of um kind of ending this this cycle that he doesn't see that he is just playing his own part in this in this deterministic cycle and he's not actually going to change anything um and the the um townhouse kind of um alludes to it at the beginning of this scene where he sort of when he puts the two machines next to each other and says oh it's like the beginning it's seeing the beginning and end of something at the same time which to me was a very pointed mm-hmm. reference to what we'll see later in the yeah. uh, sigmundus creators s tunnel where we are literally seeing the beginning and end of something at the same time and it's yeah. paradoxical um 
and yeah, the, the to me, the stranger is a relentless optimist of a character in that you know he's going off to try and make tomorrow better than it would have been if he had left it as it was today but you know it, it's it's this sort of doomed doomed fate um that, that we as the audience suspects um you know he, he doesn't actually have the capacity to change anything yeah and this is you know we'll get more into that whole idea of like him accidentally contributing to the deterministic nature of the uh, of the time in this in this show yeah but um what did you think of uh the fact that Ulrich's phone is uh is sort of powering the machine in some way or yeah it, i i was trying i haven't really got i haven't really sort of processed that yet i don't think it's it's clearly it's not by accident that there's a picture of the Nielsen family very clearly presented in shot with um with the time travel machine that causes the rift um at every basically every single time it's shown in close up now mm-hmm. um i suppose in a way it could be a kind of metaphor for Ulrich's involvement in the uh murder or i guess attempted murder of 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 Helge um you know mm-hmm. as as like the kind of Nielsen's are directly involved yeah. in in what sets this process um on 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 the path that it's currently on i think that's about as far as my theory with that has come at the moment but I'll, yeah i'll be really interested to see if that's developed any further well yeah i know i know what you mean like in terms of like the nielsen's they are fully involved in this because obviously jonas as well technically is a nielsen I suppose. yeah i guess that's true yeah jonas is is uh is a nielsen yeah so um it's yeah so also the fact that it's um I like the idea of like the future, uh, you know, helping the past and the past yeah. helping the future. It's sort of, again, brings in the idea of cycling and looping. Yeah. Definitely. And paradoxes, of course. Uh, okay. So then next we'll sort of get, get into that, uh, that uh, nursing home scene where yeah. the, uh, where they didn't really care if Helga was gone or not. Um, so we <laughs> get that. The worst nurses in the world. We get that little scene uh, and then we get, so I'll just go through a couple. There's two scenes here, but it's kind of like see three scenes, but it's really just two. So Charlotte goes looking for him. He's not there. It then shows, you know, everyone knows. Every we all get told this when we're born. If you travel to 86 in Germany, you stay in the bird watching. Yeah, uh, you have to. Tower. You have That's to. how your parents can find you. Yeah, so you have to stay in the bird watching <laughs> tower for your first night. Otherwise, you know, it's all going to go wrong. So Helga stays in the same little tower as Jonas did. Yeah. And then if he goes off, so it shows that he's in 86. So that sort of is confirming, although I think we already had it confirmed last episode because uh, Helga was watching his younger yeah, self. Yeah, we did see him watching himself, yeah. Yeah, so it was, it was a bit of a sort of a, just reminding us that that's where he is. Ulrich went to 53, but he actually went to 86. Um, okay, so then from there, we, after that, we get then Charlotte ringing up Peter and asking about Helga's, Helga's disappearance. What year was it? And he yeah. found that it was in 53. So that was the first time. It's really interesting. We were shown it in 53 first, and then the 2019 characters start talking about the idea that Helga went missing. Yeah. What did you so, take from that? So I, I, I have gone back and forth a lot on what I think is going to happen with Helga, with young Helga specifically, because, I mean, I guess the the... the uh, we'll probably get more into this into the, in the in the roundup with the theories, but I guess the implication there, well, there, there's two possibilities. Either he's going to come back because she says he was kidnapped, um, so he's either going to come back in the 50s at some point, having 
you know, done, I, I don't know, spent a few days in the 80s. That doesn't feel very likely to me. Or he's going to turn up in 1986 as a middle-aged man and be like, oh, I was kidnapped for 33 years, which feels, which feels <laughs> unlikely as well. So, I, yeah, I really don't know what, what's going to happen with young Helga, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, it's it's one of the, it is one of the big question marks coming out of this season, um, but yeah, I, and obviously there is some some developments with him later in the episode anyway. So we'll talk about that yeah. then as well. Uh, so we then get more of uh, old Helga, who confronts middle aged Helga, uh, and we get a nice uh, sort of it's sort of a little bit like mirrors in a way the scene between Stranger and Jonas now in retrospect, knowing that yeah, the Stranger yeah. is Jonas now. It uh, it mirrors that scene they had outside the hospital, um, except this time. Uh, Helga, is, old Helga, is not doing what the Stranger did, and he's not actually giving young Helga a choice. Obviously, then young Helga just storms away off. Yeah. But uh, Stranger, Stranger was very much like, "You choose, you decide," right? Whereas Helga is very much just like, "No, you need to do. You know, you stop listening to him." Uh, what do you think of this scene? Well, I think it's interesting, but now that you mention it in those terms, Stranger offers younger Jonas a choice um obviously because he likes to believe that he has the capacity to change something and um Helga clearly believes that he has the capacity to change something as well because he's been saying I can change mm -hmm. the past and the future yet in both cases there's this really good irony in these scenes where these conversations must have happened before and these yep. characters must remember being on the other end of these maybe Helga less so because obviously he has his memory problems potentially as a result of of the accident that occurs later in this episode he does mention um, that I, I've, I've heard that before though he does mention it a little yes, bit in, in the yeah. scene um but it's it's just this really really great dramatic irony in this episode that builds and builds and builds and you see all these characters uh you know Jonas talking to his younger self in this episode as well having these conversations which they've already had before and it it, it culminates in a really really fantastic kind of expository scene from uh from someone um <laughs> where they kind of twirl their mustache and it's yeah it's just brilliant I, I love these scenes because you can kind of see the iceberg coming um in this episode and it, and it seems like this and the later one with uh, Jonas and the stranger that uh that really that really kind of um that, that show shine a light on that yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, cool. So Jonas then uh, has seems to be bidding farewell to his mother. He also goes in and, and looks at his uh, father's art studio for one last time. Uh, there's a really uh, sort of haunting, lingering shot on the beam that he hung himself uh, on. Is that what that is? that that's what he's looking at? Because I, yeah. I was trying to because he looked up at that in episode two, I think, where he sort of find first finds all his. Uh, oh, that must notes. have been what he was looking at when he found the notes. Yeah. Yeah, I just I I was I was. Uh, I was trying to figure out if there was more to looking at that beam than just it being where his father hung himself. Um, mm -hmm. But I guess that makes sense if it's just that. Out of curiosity, actually, we didn't actually really touch on that at the, that time. Um, those notes that he found in that attic area, do you believe they are Michael's notes or do you believe they were left there by maybe the stranger or left there by someone else? What do you think about those notes? Like the map and all that he found? I, th I think they're Michael's notes because they are inaccurate enough that, and kind of the ravings of a lunatic <laughs> that, yeah, yeah, that they yeah. look, they look like um, they were potentially put together by someone who didn't have the whole picture and spent 33 years trying to piece it together and got 99% of the way there, but still needed someone with experience of it, like Jonas or, or the stranger to come along and, and kind of, 
connect the dots, so to speak. So yeah. I, I think I think they probably were Michael's uh, slash Michael's notes. Yeah, and even and even if they were uh, like. It, 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 as you say, he, he didn't actually ever really, what was on the paper didn't actually lead, lead units anywhere. So he didn't even really yeah. find the door. He didn't find anything. He was just probably, like he knows, Mick, Mickle knew that that's where, like when he came to the 80s, he did start in the cave. So he knows that's the genesis of the, his, um, his, his time in the 80s. So he knows he needs to find something in there. So yeah, like fruitless, yes. But uh, yeah, I, I could see it definitely being him researching. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so then we get uh, another little scene, but I really, really like this scene. I'm not, uh, we'll see if you can pick up why. Uh, it's Tronta and Peter in the bunker again. Yeah. And uh, Tronta is sort of referencing a book and he's saying, look, it happens in here, it happens in here, it has to happen this way. And Peter actually says, but uh, we don't know what's going to happen because some of the pages are missing. Uh, what, what did you think of this tiny short scene? So... I love this book as a prop because we've seen it before and we know who owns it if you're paying attention. Yeah. And it asks all kind of questions about how these guys have come into the possession of this book. And obviously we know from this scene that Claudia has given them Noah's book. Um, but there's a brilliant echoing of a sentiment throughout this episode, but in, in the previous, uh, sorry, uh, yeah, throughout this episode, but in the previous scene, um, you get, Jonas with this that bloody mindedness I was mentioning earlier this like someone who is absolutely convinced that they themselves can fix things mm -hmm. and they're completely wrong and Claudia has given Tronta and, and Peter a book that is Noah's I, I wonder whether she knows it's Noah's I guess she can't do but she also seems convinced that, she, that this is going, going to set things along the, the correct path and again she is also completely wrong and it's just this this sort of ever presence of explain, Noah. Explain that a little bit more. What, like why is she completely being, wrong? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that there is an assumption there that the way this episode ends isn't what Claudia wanted. Um, okay. We we know it's not what the stranger wanted because we've heard him vocalise exactly what it is that he wants. And I suppose we haven't actually had that with Claudia. So it's possible that things she, either she has a longer term plan or she has goals that we don't know about yet but do you, but to do me, you mean do you mean in terms of uh, the uh, destroying of the tunnel yeah yeah so my my assumption going into this episode was that claudia and the stranger are after the same thing um now that might prove to be wrong but that's that's kind of what i was assuming she was trying to do with peter and uh, and tronta here which obviously doesn't end up working um so my my feeling coming out of this is that claudia has also failed as as the as the stranger will eventually fail okay interesting i'll just point out now so you can think about it a little bit more before we get to that scene but uh just remember that Noah did say that Claudia, like uh, that older Jonas or stranger, doesn't realize that Claudia lied to him. That's true. That is true. Um, so we know for a fact Claudia almost sort of wanted. Well, what I would gauge from that is that she wanted him to do it, even though she knew it would work. Uh, yeah, that is a good point. Um, I I'm still kind of weighing up in my mind whether that was just Noah straight up lying or whether yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> trying try to get whether... Bartos on side. I'll I'll say this for Noah though. Actually, he doesn't. We'll, we'll get more into this later. But for all of his villainous qualities, he doesn't seem dishonest to me. So um, mm -hmm. yeah, um, there, there's definitely. I'm more inclined to believe that that it that Claudia has a longer term plan um, and has and lying to Jonas was part of it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, it would also imply maybe uh, that Claudia wanted 
the loop to exist. Yeah. Yeah. That, if she didn't want it, if she did, she was telling him it would destroy it, even though it was going to create it, sort of thing. Yeah. That there's there's a. I'm really fascinated to see, and well, and to discuss later, but also just to see longer term what happens with Claudia because she she seems like she has figured stuff out in yeah. a way that yeah it, it, like it, either either she's being manipulated in exactly the same way as noah or she is operating on a level that noah doesn't appreciate yeah okay cool uh right okay so then we're into a scene which could potentially send you on a few different rabbit holes uh, oh, my, oh my god this scene sorry <laughs> yeah, yeah so it's the noah it's the noah and uh, middle-aged helga scene in, yeah. in 86 outside the church and um noah is talking to Helga. Helga's asking him, how do you not know there's a God, all that sort of thing. But um, the most important thing I want you to realize is I'm going to let you go because I don't want to give you any clues. Yeah. All right. I I don't want, I don't want to say what it is just in case you missed what I'm talking about. I'm sure. Okay. Uh, Well, I mean, he's got the, he's got the book here. I think I'm trying to remember if he still has the book. Yes, he does. Well, that's, that's okay. That's the first thing. Yep. Yeah. The conversation they have here. Maybe maybe this is me reading too much into the script, but Noah says when he was a boy, he was visited by a quote-unquote stranger who looked like he had been in a war with a sadness in his eyes, complete with a cut to Jonas. Yeah. <laughs> and that sounds like he might be talking about someone who we know. Uh, so I have a theory about this, but I wonder if Jonas might be going way back in time to try and uh, get close to Noah at some point. Um, and yeah, there's, there's some very kind of like, almost like prosaic, uh, like quotes that come out of this. So that nothing is in vain, an eternal miracle of, an, of the proper noun, the one, that which, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> and Neo, then, um, Neo. Yeah, maybe it is, he's doing a Superman thing again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, <laughs> um and then you know this kind of um Noah is such a great villain I've said it before but but everything he says and does in this episode I I feel like he genuinely believes he's doing the right thing and you can see how he's arrived at those ideas and um which makes him really compelling as a villain because it's not just like mustache twirling I'm gonna murder some kids that you know it's a means to an end for him and um in this scene he's talking about you know how our pain makes us who we are it doesn't like have control over us but it forms us as people and this kind of idea is as of uh, like pain as the most important thing in in the formation of a human is, is a very very dark idea and it totally explains how someone could end up the way noah is at the moment yeah um awesome and just sort of you you, pick, you picked up on the long lingering shot on Jonas there whenever Noah yeah. was talking about the stranger visiting him um so I, I feel okay to, to sort of analyze this in this way uh to your ears so hopefully uh the listeners don't mind this it's funny that after they do that and obviously then it makes you think well that's clearly he's going to be the guy who he's talking about then mm-hmm. um it's it's the show or the way they've done it that is really clever because then they immediately start showing cutaways to other characters yeah, and they yeah, do yeah. that in a way so that when you remember back to this scene, you don't just remember the Jonas cutaway. Yeah. Um, I do, but I do think when I watch this uh, the first time, even when I, and even when I watch it now, it's a very deliberate cut to Jonas. Uh, oh yeah, I mean the use of the word "stranger" looks like he's been in the war. They're using very loaded language here, and and yeah, the visual the visual clues are there to to it being Jonas who's going to visit Noah as a child. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Uh, seems seems it seems like it might be going that way. Uh, from this what we've, uh, what we've seen. 
th- this scene um, really caught me off guard actually the last bit where it's like who's next checks through the book oh yeah uh, and like bloody Jonas which you know to my to my knowledge is easily the oldest um well Eric person. is the same year as them I think Oh, I guess Eric was actually. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, that totally caught me by surprise. Um, which, uh, yeah, really, really kind of uh, well sets the 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 Jonas sort of passage into the eighties, like sets the tone for that and makes it a very tense, uh, makes it a much more tense expedition than it would have otherwise been. Exactly. Yeah, you know that they're 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 hunting him sort of thing now. Which yeah. Is, yeah. Really, really eerie. Okay, then we get the uh, Enos wants to adopt Mickle scene. <laughs> this scene the fact that Mickle never turns around when he's on the bed made me think and I don't think this is the case but <laughs> it made like it made me wonder whether Enos had told Mickle to run away in case this ploy to keep him um to adopt him didn't work and that is actually just a wig and his PJs Ferris, Ferris on a, on, yeah like on a broom like, yeah. next to the bed yeah. he's playing breathing noises on his stereo yeah, exactly. Well, it fools this adoption agency woman. So, you know, who's the idiot here? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, but we all sort of knew this was coming. We all yeah. knew she was going to get adopted. Okay. Um, so, uh, Jonas then runs into Charlotte. Um, just give this actress a bit more to do, you know? So, yeah. what, what day is it? All that sort of thing. Um, yeah, you, classic. Yeah, and then uh, Jonas, Jonas sort of, they have a little bit of a back and forth. I can't quite remember the substance of it, if I'm honest with you. Is there anything interesting? Um, well, I, I think visually this scene is interesting because that there's just this very sort of like, talking about the clues thrown in throughout the episode of uh, the Jonas reveal, which is coming. I, I love how every time Jonas has gone through the caves, his coat has gotten a little bit darker, a little bit kind of more mm. covered in, in in dirt. And it's just this little kind of visual hint that, you know, the, the yellow coat wearing Jonas is disappearing and turning into uh, the stranger. But the substance of what they're actually talking about is... I mean, basically talking about um, how Jonas is here to bring someone back from the dead, and right. um, yes, 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 and and it's interesting to me that in Jonas's mind he's bringing Mickle back, uh, despite the fact that he's still alive. Um, maybe this is me reading too much into this, but I still feel like there must be a way to resurrect people by by either manipulating their younger selves or, or something like what we what we've seen with Helga, because I I still I still don't believe that Helga was just alive and Ulrich didn't check <laughs> okay. I'm not letting go of that fair enough uh, one thing I'll say about this scene is I, I liked about a uh, little sort of thing is the, the difference in uh, young Helga and Charlotte here because um, young Helga like you know he says like the birds were beautiful when they're dead yeah. very very much like the fact that they were dead but as soon as like Charlotte heard of things being able to be brought back to life she was like well can you bring the birds back to life so, yeah, like she actually wants them to be alive, ideally. Yeah, yeah. Ideally, they they should be alive, not dead. So I thought that was nice. It, you know, it's sort of, it, it's sort of because the other the other bird collecting kid, you know, turned, <laughs> didn't turn like, out too great. Didn't turn out too great. So it was, they have to show us that Charlotte isn't that weirdo. Um, <laughs> yeah. So next, uh, next scene we get our older Charlotte. She's looking at a, on a computer and she's looking up all the all the past records and she finds Ulrich whenever uh who's connected to the Helga disappearance yeah um and he she finds the picture and then that quickly and then the next scene it cuts away to uh Ulrich getting beaten by uh Daniel Carnvold and some croonies uh what did you think about Charlotte making this discovery yeah it was it was great I kind of I as soon as he had his picture taken um in the 50s my my sort of uh, the voice inside my head was like that picture's coming back at some point fairly soon I think um, yeah, yeah. and then yeah like um, Charlotte discovering it was was great because it's 
yeah, she, she's just she's putting all the pieces of the puzzle together here. Um, and I, I really like the return to the sort of breathy piece of music uh, that yeah, was yeah, used yeah. at the beginning of Ulrich's kind of journey in the 50s. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe implying that this is kind of the beginning and end of his story. I'm, I'm not sure whether that's that's what that's implying. But to me, mm. I don't really see how Ulrich gets out of the position he's in in the 50s. So um, I, I'll be interested to see if he's able to carry on in any meaningful way from this yeah yeah um and but it's sort of it's interesting because it's sort of as you said a few episodes ago when he sort of gave charlotte the clues in that voicemail about what's happening you said that you expected him to die then um but he sort of he kind of has died yeah, um, as, a, as a like meaningful character or a character yeah. who can kind of propel the story forward, I, I I think his part may be done. Like short of someone literally breaking him out of prison, yeah. um, I don't see how he has any more impact. And and Charlotte has kind of picked up the baton uh, as the sort of investigative force in in 2019 for this. Yeah, definitely. Uh, okay, so next scene, Jonas is going through the hospital. He's decided after all the strangers' uh, warnings and all, he's still decided I'm going to go and take Mickle back. Um, and he goes and uh, he um, goes into the room and Noah's there. Noah does yep. a very creepy shh. <laughs> yeah. Has anyone ever done that in a way that isn't creepy? <laughs> like you've got the, the ghost librarian in Ghostbusters. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that it's been done by more than one serial uh, killer. The librarian in uh, Monsters University, if he does it. Yeah, there you go. I don't think that... that act has ever been done by someone when it wasn't intended to be vaguely threatening yeah yeah no definitely um so then uh Jonas is sort of chloroformed by uh, helga yep. and uh kidnapped so that they they were successful in their mission and, and they got him um what do you think about the relationship between helga no not helga sorry uh noah and mickle because that's a couple of times that he's been at his bedside i think he yeah, it's interesting. So in the 80s, they're trying to get the time, like Noah and, and Helga are trying to get the time machine to work. And he has this book which tells him who has traveled through time and when they've done it. And I wonder if he's trying to, um, he's, he's trying to basically speak to Mickle to find out how he traveled through time. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, actually, no, on reflection, that doesn't make sense because they know about the cave for traveling through time. Yeah. Unless he didn't go through the cave. I'd, yeah, that's interesting. I hadn't really thought about his relationship with Mickle, but I guess this, I might, I can't get past the idea that there's something special about Mickle. Maybe not in like a kind of chosen one sense, but in the sense of how he went back in time. I yeah, don't think he, I don't, mean, yeah. yeah, like I, he didn't go back by going through the caves. I feel like, well, he did, go, we did see him walking through the caves. I don't believe that he just ran back into the caves. That seems like it would be a bit weird for him to do. But um, yeah, there's if definitely. A dog, if, a dog, if a dog can open the door. So that is true. Yeah, if a dog can do it, Mickle can definitely manage it. I, I, there's definitely, I feel like there's something special about Mickle, and maybe Noah is infatuated with that. Um, or maybe he's just repeating the actions that it's preordained that he repeats and he doesn't actually understand why he's doing it anymore. Yeah, yeah. So obviously, we know the we know that book is saying who's going to get taken at what times. Yeah, it's a very thick book with a lot of writing yes. in it for, for just for just that. So maybe it is telling him what to do as well. Who knows? Yeah, but you know, he's using it using it as a bible. You might say. 
Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, he was definitely, it was definitely implied that it was his Bible when he was standing outside his church while the bell was ringing. Yeah. But I, I wouldn't want to hear a psalm from that Bible. Let's <laughs> <laughs> put it that way. It'd be very dark. All right. Okay. So um, then we get uh, the big, big Ik Bindu scene. Yeah. Jonas is taken to the uh, sort of blue room, we'll call it, the blue bunker. Yep, sure. Uh, and then a uh, stranger comes, opens up the thing gives him a big talk about how he's going to end it all he's and basically this is the moment where we realize that obviously we realize this is Jonas but we also realize that actually this Jonas still wants the same thing as younger Jonas um so it sort of recontextualizes a lot of this character's actions throughout the show as well yeah and we get some great exposition in this scene as well so the the idea that this room acts as kind of like a, a a funnel for the energy released by the 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 uh wormhole beneath Vinden yeah. mm-hmm. and and that's presumably what the time travel chair that they're trying to build in this room is is doing is trying to sort of funnel uh, like trying to channel that energy yeah. into mm-hmm. something which can direct it um i loved the i feel like this is kind of burying the lead this but he says no delorean no hissing or steam and obviously the delorean <laughs> is kind of a joke about back to the future yeah, yeah, yeah. but the, the hissing or steam to me feels like it might be a reference to other time machines he has seen like later on in the timeline that that you know people do figure out a way to to uh, create time travel machines and they do have you know steam or something like that that comes out of them yeah, it could be but um, also the also with back to future 3 uh, there's a time time uh, yeah, train it, so yeah exactly it could just be you know him kind of like sort of dismissing the ridiculous ideas of of time machines as kind of presented in popular media yeah um but yeah the igbindu is is fantastic a great, and the, the, a great the, little, the little musical right after yeah. he says it. and then and then there's you know we, we've seen a lot from um dark in terms of its willingness to to let the camera sit on a on an actor and show their reactions but the sort of great long close-up of young Jonas's reaction to this news and and the way that that actor kind of lets his face do the talking is is absolutely phenomenal in this you know he starts crying it's it's yeah it's this brilliant brilliant performance from both of them to be honest um and i i again talking about this irony of people not realizing their deterministic role in things like the stranger literally says we're not free in what we do in this when he's talking about his infatuation with Marta, despite knowing that he's his that she's his aunt Mm -hmm. and he doesn't see it for himself and it's just yeah it's you can kind of see it coming how this episode is going to end and it's it's brilliant foreshadowing and also obviously there's the the little hints about this messed up future that the older Jonas has seen um that uh, that we might catch a, a glimpse of later yeah, in this we, episode we might, we might do we might do um what did you think for me personally whenever it's revealed that that is Jonas and then you have it cemented in your mind even though I actually did as I was watching the show put it together um probably around the same time you did like once once you saw that sort of obi-wan kenobi quite type scene in the graveyard yeah um yeah. you know uh, i fought with your father in the war <laughs> that, that scene uh, that sort of as well was me really getting on the track of actually i think this is Jonas. um yeah. obviously then when you get the michael reveal michael mickle that sort of takes a big mystery out of the way so it sort of clears the way for this as well but once i found out for sure the show told me this is Jonas, i then couldn't stop seeing these two actors looking alike I, I yeah I I mean I've I've kind of I've been on that for a while like what before I had it confirmed I was looking for differences because I was expecting it to be proven wrong and yeah. yeah now now that it now that I know it's it's correct I am kind of like yeah these these guys there is a similarity to the shape of their faces definitely like I feel the hair color is slightly different but 
you know, it's it's a <laughs> the older Jonas has lived a tough life and has maybe lost a bit of the luster from his luster from his hair. Yeah, exactly. And I, I know that uh, in my own mind, I, I'm thinking to myself, yeah, but Stranger has brown eyes and Jonas has blue eyes. Um, and and we, we know that there are other characters in this show when they have the older version of themselves and the younger version, they always have the same color eyes. Yeah. Um, so that might just be because they wanted to throw us off or it might just be, or it might also be because like they're thematically trying to go for a certain thing with this young Jonas, the blue eyed boy. Like, yeah, might, yeah. But but I like they could have had they they could have had contacts on maybe they just didn't want to do it because they have they're gonna have so much screen time, but also I thought to myself right well what I'm gonna do, I looked up I looked up on uh, Google and apparently if you're exposed to like nuclear stuff which obviously cesium one three seven is yeah. it can change your eye color now can it change it to brown I don't know but the fact that it can change your eye color at all makes me not worry about it. See. I'd say it's interesting that you picked up on that because to be honest, until you asked me about their eye color when I first proposed the theory in was it episode five, I think it was episode five or six where, where I, I first said it, I, I, I didn't actually notice. So I feel like it's shot in a way that conceals or at least vaguely masks the difference in eye color. Um, but, yeah. but yeah, finding out that, that cesium is it cesium one, three, seven. Yeah. Said yeah finding out that can change the eye color i'm i'm 100 percent prepared to buy into that as the cause for any differences yeah exactly yeah. give me a tiny little flake of something that could oh, be an yeah. excuse and i'll take I'll it i'll take it yeah. yeah 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 i'll take it um also uh my hair was blonde when i was about three or four now it's brown hair color go. can change as well uh yeah. we all know that <laughs> it could okay. change later in life to be honest i think my hair was like kind of a, a lighter brown until i was probably about 11 and now it's yeah. almost black so you know yeah, no, I think I think that definitely like your hair does get darker as you get older until obviously then you go gray. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. So uh, that's actually one thing that maybe is a mistake in the show. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe someone will tell me that I'm wrong. But I've been led to believe that ginger people, redheaded people, well, my wife tells me this because she is one of them. They go white. They don't go gray. And the reason for that is because their hair is so little, uh, so, so like, you know, so light in, in uh, pigment in color that whenever the white hairs start coming because the only reason you look gray is because only half your hair's white you know that's yeah. why you have gray hair you don't actually have gray hair you've got white hair and your original color so my wife says she's not going to go gray she's going to go white but old claudia has gray hair yeah but i mean there's no there's no proof that there isn't some kind of salt and pepper hair dye still available in, <laughs> yeah. in the future you know they still have just for men or whatever the yeah, the it's true. equivalent of just for men is. It's true, and also Claudia has very dark red hair, so we'll go with that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Okay, so uh, next scene we get uh, Helga uh, and Helga. <laughs> yep. Having a <laughs> car Helgas. car accident. Um, there's a big lovely big... little uh, lovely little callback in the music to the first episode here. I didn't notice that actually. Oh, it's the it's the night. I, I'm really annoyed that I've forgotten it again because one of our commenters told me the name of the band and the name of the song after the first episode. But it's the '99 Red Balloons guys. Oh yes, uh, with yes. Uh, that song and it played. Uh, was it? I forgot. I, I remember. Yeah, I noticed. I did notice that. Sorry, I thought you meant in the score, but yeah, the soundtrack. Oh yeah. no, yeah. Yeah, it was. I love that song. It's yeah, about it's the a past, really good present, and future. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a there's a couple of um, there's a couple of very thematically appropriate songs in this episode, and this is definitely one of them. Um, and oh, yeah, yeah, it's just just a lovely little callback because in a, in a way, it's almost a bit nostalgic because it's sort of, you know, this is where we were in the first episode, and now look at where we are now, and uh, you know, just just gives you a 
this brief moment with no dialogue to reflect on everything that you've seen in the last 10 episodes, which I think is kind of what Helga is doing here. He's sort of reflecting on his choices and what has transpired between him and his older self um, at the traffic light before it all goes to shit. Yeah, that's actually a really, really astute observation by you. The, uh, the idea that that actually feels a little bit nostalgic because yeah. on, the, on the face, that sounds like an absolute ridiculous thing to say, but I think you're exactly right. Because even though it was only like three weeks ago or whatever, it feels, it does feel nostalgic to hear that song, even because the, the, the journey we've been on has been so crazy. I've yeah. never actually thought of nostalgia as being something that could be a recall of something that, that soon, you know what I mean? But actually, yeah, I, think, no. I think it is the same feeling. I suppose it, it, it's different. Maybe, maybe that impacted me more because as we said, I'm watching this in a different way to how most other people would watch it. I wonder if it would have that same kind of nostalgic impact um, if someone had watched all 10 episodes in an afternoon. But yeah, for me, I was definitely like, God, like think of all the theories I was proposing in episode one and where we are now. And and it was, yeah, it was just this really kind of nice moment to kind of unpack and reflect um, before before yeah this the show escalates let's say back when you whenever you thought the the the, the people who say it's like um uh, german stranger things were correct yeah yeah about like how how young and naive i was <laughs> yeah exactly um anytime anyone says that i think oh so you didn't see the first episode okay <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right okay so uh next uh next scene is um uh, a really, really lovely bit of uh, dialogue from Noah, sort of, you know, really yeah. talking about talking to Bartos, trying to get Bartos on side, really uh, getting in his brain, like his little earwig in his brain. Um, yeah. Talking about the stranger and talking about how Claudia uh, has lied to him. He thinks he's going to end it, but he's not. He's going to begin it. Um, also sort of ties into the name of this episode, Alpha and Omega. Um, yeah. Claudia, he says that Claudia belongs to the shadow and that they belong to the light. And I will also say this doesn't count as a theory, anything that you got right in the theory matrix, but there is a reference to a chessboard. But yeah, I'll believe you me. I've I've got pawns on a chessboard. Nerve views himself as above this game, and uh, <laughs> and uh, a little a little nod to my own pieces being on the board. So uh, yeah, I called the metaphor, if not the way in which it is employed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Uh, so. What do you think about uh, Noah saying, he said that he hasn't really, he seems to be quite trustworthy or he doesn't lie anyway. What do you think about him saying that he is on the light side? Do you believe well, him? Well, I, I think he believes it. I don't think, Yeah. I, I, I think, uh, I, I don't think he's a liar. I think he, I think his perception of things is very misguided. And I think, you know, the, the, the idea of who is the good guy and who is the bad guy in this fight is very relative. Um, mm-hmm. My, immediate reaction if you're asking me to pick a side is that i probably trust claudia more than i trust noah to be honest because to the best of my knowledge she hasn't murdered any children yet but (laughs) but, um but what makes noah such a fantastic villain and you're absolutely right this is an amazing scene like in terms of every every like tv series needs to have an episode where the villain kind of lays out what their plan is and lays out how they're going to how they're sort of masterminding the whole thing and it can often be quite cheesy in mm-hmm. the way they do it because it's quite difficult to do it without it sounding like they're just explaining everything to the audience but the way this is this story has been structured so he is explaining this to let's be honest a complete idiot in the form of bartos <laughs> means that he can he has to like you know explain things in simple terms and talk in sort of binary terms about good versus evil and shadow and light and all that mm-hmm. because that's the kind of terms that bartos needs to be spoken to in and it's 
just him laying out that he knows everything that's going on with the stranger it, it just brilliantly recontextualizes that character as someone who doesn't actually know as much as he appears appears to um and yeah wanting to maintain maintain time as it is you know who this idea of this other group who are fighting to change time and, and noah trying to maintain it and it just yeah opens up all these possibilities about who could be fighting on which side of this uh yeah. and it's and then obviously it ends with him just saying it's time and you look at it like if, if you're <laughs> if you're used to dark and you look at the episode timing on that and you see that there's about 10 minutes left of the episode you know that it's going to be wild for the last 10 <laughs> minutes of this episode <laughs> And I would say, the last, yeah, the last 10 minutes of this episode were wild. Now, yeah. we always talk about how great the montages are in this show. And there's been a couple of really, really, really good ones, um, you know, in this series so far. One thing I will say is that the the ending montages for the seasons, like the season, season one, two, and three, the, end, the ending montage, the choice of song is always so good. Um, yeah. the, the song in this, I I'm not sure who, who sings it, is it? Leonard Cohen, maybe it, it sounds a bit like Leonard Cohen. I, I didn't actually check, but yeah. I, I, I could certainly, I could certainly believe you if you told me it was Leonard Cohen. Yeah, I, I'm not actually 100 percent sure. It sounds like Leonard Cohen to me, and uh, he's singing uh, maybe this time. You know, it's so maybe I'll whip my past. It's just yeah. like ah, oh, it's, it's so thematically perfect. I, I wonder if they found this song and then just wrote the show afterwards, <laughs> like because it just fits so perfectectly. Like yeah. this is where they started. Yeah, this is there is yeah, it's actually perfect. Uh, so there's quite a bit going on in this uh, montage. So let me just run down a few things, um, and then we'll sort of settle back on the stranger to sort of exit the uh, exit the exit the, the montage. So there's uh, Hannah sitting there with a gun in front of her. There is Mickle coming home to the Carnvald house for the first time in the '80s. Katarina's trying to get in contact with Ulrich, who is a bloody mess in a cell in, in '53. Yep. Uh, Charlotte comes down to Peter. They they sort of hug. And it seems like now Charlotte's going to be let in on the secret of what Peter's been up to. Claudia's reading the book. Um, old Claudia is in a forest where there's like uh, lots of stuff falling from the sky. Like almost looks like snow, but it's not. Yeah, don't think it is. Um, so I'll let you talk about that in a minute. And one last thing before we'll, we'll leave the stranger stuff till after this, all right? Till after the little okay. montage. But yeah. uh, the last thing in the little montage is uh, Francisca and Magnus are watching TV. And did you notice that uh, there's like mm. an 80s yeah. commercial? Yeah. What was going on there? Like that was that was an interesting little little. Uh, yeah. For, for me, I just imagine like that, like even even like the, like the, all the electricity is going mad, like sort of signals being sent through to time. You know? Yeah. Like, I guess it could, maybe it is just a little thing like that. But I I did kind of notice it and was like interesting yeah and then uh you can get in you, you can get into the stranger stuff as well if you want but what did you think of this uh, montage in general is there any notes you had on it i i just think as you say like there's there's a lot of really good montages uh, but i think this is the best one so far um obviously the song choice is fantastic but i just talking about things being a bit nostalgic earlier for me this just running through pretty much every single character maybe not every single one but but definitely the lion's share of the characters that we've met even Egon was in there for a second yeah exactly and you know like um greta and uh Bernd doppler just hanging out at their house you know yeah. like it, it goes through pretty much what every character is doing at the moment that this cataclysmic event occurs and it's just it's so brilliantly paced and there's there's so much that's revealed to us in it you know the the 
black hole over the power plant with Regina and Alexander watching. It's, it's, yeah. you know, what is, what is going on there? Like, and then, and you know, you've got, it's very rare in a television series that a Chekhov's gun is fairly minor in the grand scheme of things, but Hannah with the gun, it's just like, who, who even cares about that? But obviously, I mean, obviously I do care, <laughs> but it's, it's such a minor thing and yet, but it's there and it's had a lot of time spent on it. And it's obviously going to come back in a fairly significant way later. And it, yeah. as a montage to just revisit all of these things you know doris and agnes mm-hmm. holding hands like that we know is going to ruin egon's marriage it, yeah. it's just there's so much that has happened in this episode this series of television it's, tele- it's, it's, it's treating it a bit like um sort of every montage was sort of to reflect upon the episode whereas this montage very much reflected upon the series yeah yeah i think that's exactly what it's doing it's just sort of a trip down memory lane um mm-hmm. and it's yeah like charlotte and peter being in the bunker was probably I'd say aside from the stranger stuff was probably my pick of the stuff to focus on here because okay. I have some ideas about what might happen there, right. but it's, um, we'll probably get into that a bit more at the end, but it, yeah, it's just a fantastic montage and it's, it's so great to see what everyone is, is up to as this is unfolding. Yeah. Awesome. Um, okay. So the stranger then is in the sort of, he's, he's the driving force of this, the driving force of this uh, montage. He sort of yeah. he keeps cutting back to him. He he gets the uh, he gets the machine set up. I, also, I just have to say, I'm so happy that I can now call him Jonas without worrying about spoiling it for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's it's. Um, I, I I'm I'm glad that 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 has been that distinction has been established now, so we can just we can just lay our cards on the table. I think there was one time, and the listeners can tell me if I'm right, but I think there was one time in this series so far where I've accidentally called. Yellow coat Yunus. I've accidentally called him Young Yunus. <laughs> oh, really? I didn't notice that, to be honest. But, I think uh, there was one point where I called him Young Yunus accidentally, because obviously here on out, that's what I'm going to call him. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that that was a big mistake on my part. And, I, and I, <laughs> that's I, great. And you didn't bite, so that was great. But um, so yeah, so so the stranger Yunus is uh, is actually sort of set, setting up the machine, getting it working. He then, as as it's sort of starting to go, he looks up and he sees Michael. Uh, covered yeah. in oil or covered well, well covered in oil but what i now think is cesium 137 he's covered in if i'm honest with you um, it could, yeah it could be that I, I don't know enough about what it looks like but i could certainly imagine it being you know some kind of black viscous material yeah. or black viscous liquid yeah so i could just it could also just be paint because he's a painter so uh, yeah. but this is what i wanted to so the first thing i want to sort of focus on here is what do you what do you think of these visions of michael what do you what do you, do you, are they, is that what they are? Their visions? Uh, are they just sort of referencing the, the, their, their sort of their journey in, in, in that? And that's what they're always thinking of? Or are they there? So, so I think, I mean, I'll get, I'll get into this now because I think it's an appropriate time to do it. So I, I proposed a few episodes back a theory where I think by dying, you kind of escape the loop. Yeah. And that was that was largely based on this idea that there was kind of two Helgers because there was an old Helga in 2019. And then Jana was saying she had seen middle Helga um, in 2019 as well. But obviously, now that we know kind of what Helga is up to, it makes sense that he's just time traveling uh, in that kind of 1986 period. He, he's kind of traveling around with Noah, getting up to no good, and he's going to the past and he's going to the future. So I don't think there are, there are two Helgers. But I still think there is something to do with death in this and how that impacts 
your ability to be part of the timeline um and i think the the michael ghost is a big part of that or i don't want to say ghost but the the michael apparition is part of that because i still think you know helga appears to have come back from something very close to death if not if not death without any kind of medical attention whatsoever um older Jonas has got the wounds on his neck which suggests he was hung and and we've had dialogue from Noah hinting when he's speaking to to Helga that he's seen the sort of emptiness of the void as well mm-hmm. so so to me Michael still appearing or Mikkel still appearing to Jonas I I think there's maybe it's never going to explicitly state this but to me it's saying that even when you are dead there is some kind of energy that you're leaving behind or or some something that can still interact with the sort of corporeal world in a meaningful way um maybe it's you know just a sort of a kind of subtle hint to some kind of spiritualism to to give to give the show that that something that it doesn't really have at the moment because it's very grounded in this idea that there is no god it's it's you know people that are messing with the timeline that create these these sort of calamities and and wield these powers but i, I think i i think that's where i am with it at the moment okay that's it okay good um interesting i'm i'm looking forward to seeing how your sort of feelings towards that whole idea going forward happen uh sort of fleshes out at this point uh i'm not gonna tell you what i think right now i'm gonna wait till okay. sort of more more themes and, th- and and thematic stuff comes comes to fruition in the show before i sort of lay out what i think is happening um especially sort of as we go through sex season two i think but in, in this part at this time whenever i was watching it i i thought that it was i didn't actually I, like you i wasn't making any concrete conclusions that they are ghosts and they are appearing there for a reason I actually was thinking, well, the reason why we were shown that is because it's a great way for the audience to actually realize properly, this is the same character. This is Jonas. He still misses his dad. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. he still carries that with him. So we, 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 it's them sort of making, making sure that we as an audience view this character with the same heart that we view young Jonas with. Yeah, I th- there's definitely something to that. I think um, I don't know if that's all that it is, uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, I, if, if if that were to be the case, and it was just you know showing us that he still carries with him, you know, that sadness at having never really known his father uh, or been close to his father, um, and then having lost him at the age of sixteen, I, I could definitely believe it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So it, no matter what happens in the storyline, there's definitely those themes happening. Uh, okay, so then by turning on the machine, it creates a portal. Yeah. Uh, in the bunker then which Helga and we just talked about the fact that there's no sort of they, that there's not really a god present in the show mm. having said that the, the symbolism of uh, Jonas and Helga reaching through the portals at each other <laughs> yeah. is unmistakable <laughs> yeah um, that, that Sistine Chapel going yeah. on about that exactly yeah so uh, Jonas is in the 80s at this point Helga is in 53 they reach through touch each other's hands um, Helga is sucked through to 86 it seems and he mm-hmm. wakes up in the way that we saw him waking up at the beginning of episode 8 I believe it was yep um, uh, uh, or maybe episode 7, episode seven? I think it was it might have been 7 actually yeah, I think it you might, might be right yeah. uh, 8 opened it with him riding the bike uh, and yeah. then uh, so then and then Jonas gets sucked through to the, the bunker we see at the very one of the very first shots of the whole show where uh, we see the the photographs on the wall, 
Um, we'll talk about the very end in a minute, but what did you think about this whole getting sucked through the portals thing? Um, well, first thing is that young Helga sees the portal in the 50s in the bunker. Mm-hmm. Jonas sees it in the 80s. Charlotte and Peter are in the bunker in 2019. Okay. <laughs> Just <Yep>. saying. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Might come back to that one. Um, but yeah, so I think, to be honest, I found this a bit confusing. I'm sure it will be explained. I don't understand how Jonas ends up where he ends up. Uh, to me, the the implication was that he would swap places with Helga and travel to the 50s. Um, and, uh, and you know, Helga would go forward to the 80s. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that is expanded upon um because uh because yeah it was it was a little bit uh, a little bit confusing um and then you know helga going, being in the 80s raises those questions about how he will grow up like how that quote unquote kidnapping of young helga will play out because i i can only see two i'm sure there'll be another one that i'm not considering but at the moment i can only really see two possibilities which is either that he goes back to the 50s um hopefully fairly soon so it's not uh it doesn't become like ridiculous um like you know how long he's been missing for yeah. or he just turns up in the 80s having spent 33 years helping noah out uh and uh and says oh yeah i've been kidnapped for 33 years but i'm not sure which one of those it's going to be i feel like there must be a third option that i'm not that i'm not considering there mm-hmm. okay um interesting uh, so we'll keep an eye on that going forward. In terms of uh, Jonas traveling uh, to the f- the future, we find out it is. Um, yeah. yeah, like my my, underst- my understanding of that when I saw it the first time, I, I was, again was like you. I was thinking to myself, right? I was trying to figure out the dates. So I was like, okay, so uh, Helga went forward thirty three years. So that means Jonas went forward thirty three years, but that would only put him in two thousand nineteen. So why is he there? Uh, yeah. So it was a bit confusing. I I agree with you. Um, having said that, I I I I, I like the idea of it like being. Like this, it's. I I would imagine it's still sort of connected in the thirty-three year somehow, and and yeah. I like I like the idea that it's sort of just chaotic. You know, it's like you could be sent anywhere, sort of thing. Uh, it's 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 one of those things. But it would, it would be nice to f- sort of fully understand the, the the physics of the world. Yeah. Um. So we'll see what we get going forward. But yeah, that was confusing to me at the time as well in terms of trying to figure out the dates in my mind. Uh, yeah. So so then uh, Jonas sort of walks out, and uh, it's all sort of a band, and there's. There seems to be sort of barricades set up, um, yeah. and then he's walking through. There's a big truckload of people come, and they all have got the face uh, covered. Yeah, you might have Some noticed looking uh, looking distinctly Mad Max esque. One might say exactly yes, and you might have noticed also that the similar snow like stuff is falling from the sky. Like, uh, yeah, there might be a nuclear winter going on here. <laughs> there could be, um, and then uh, a woman with a scar across her face gets off the truck with a gun. Jonas says, what year is it? Uh, you know, where am I or whatever? And she says, welcome to the future and smacks him with a gun. Yep. That's an ending. That's, 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 your, that's, your, that's your cliffhanger. You predicted you predict the last. Yeah. Bloody called it. Um, yeah, this, yeah, this is just a great final scene. The, the, the kind of Jonas waking up uh, or, well, appearing in, in the bunker in the future. And you can hear kind of helicopters outside. And then, the, you know, the slow pullback and reveal of the world that he's waking up in. So, for, you know, they show you the nuclear plant. Doesn't mm-hmm. look great, to be honest. <laughs> the nuclear plant is seeing better <laughs> days. And then 
you know the, the set design is so perfect because the nuclear plant looks like it's had a disaster okay that's bad but then there's like burning fires which tell us that there's a conflict still going on probably yeah, a military yeah. one and then obviously yeah busload of extras from mad max fury road turn up <laughs> <laughs> and then a bloody drone like I, I feel like this is actually a reference to it this feels very much like the beginning of terminator to me like with the the kind of ai drones flying mm-hmm. around you know firing lasers at michael bean um <laughs> that's uh yeah that was awesome that the the sort of um the 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 reveal of that and then i don't know who this character is who knocks out Jonas, but she seems pretty cool to me yeah and i, I like i love like the the soundtrack of the future is very very different you know it's sort of yeah yeah it still feels at home in like sort of an 80s style it's sort of like an sort of like an 80s vision of a future soundtrack oh yeah absolutely it's, it's very synthwave i mean there's always been kind of a synthy uh, take on this soundtrack, but but synthwave is kind of very at home as a genre in that uh, sort of taking the music of of Blade Runner and Terminator and uh, and you know the 80s visions of the future and and turning them into something a bit more modern. And I think that's what we get in the in the soundtrack here. Yeah, it's awesome. Okay, so that's the end of the episode. Let's go straight into the roundup because I'm sure we've got lots to talk about. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> okay. All right, let's just get it out of the way now. IMDb rating 9.2, which puts it equal to episode eight in terms of being the highest in the season. Well, now we both agree that episode eight wasn't probably 9.2. It was a little bit lower. But I think, I think uh, Alpha and Omega, this one maybe actually 9.2 might be, it's in terms of it being the best in the season, it might be all the way up near 10, I'd say. Yeah, I, I would say this is this is up there with episode five uh, and yeah. three for me as as the the best episode in the season. It was just there wasn't. I try to think now. I d- there wasn't a scene that wasn't great in this, mm-hmm. um, and everyone got something meaningful to do. I, I actually I, did, I barely even mentioned it because there was so much to get through. But and we talked about it at the beginning. But even characters who weren't really doing that much in this episode, like Peter Doppler. He, he was constantly trying to tell Charlotte the truth throughout this episode. Mm-hmm. And it was just this really recurring theme. And, and it's, uh, it's fascinating given where they end up, um, you know, uh, or where I think they're going to end up, that that's the last thing he was trying to do with her. And, and every character, it feels like, has something going on. You know, Hannah has her, her gun that she's probably going to kill Ulrich with or something. I don't know what she's going to do with that. <laughs> but, but it's just, yeah, and this episode just, it ties everything together in such a brilliant way. It was, yeah, I, I don't know how they did it. It was, it was masterful writing to, to, to tie everything up as neatly as it did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, fantastic. Right. Okay. What do you want to do? Do you want to do, are we going to do what you got wrong first before we go into your new theories? Uh, Have you got yeah. that set up? Have you, yes. Okay. Yeah, I can do that. I can do that. So we, we are going to go through in more detail uh, in the season summary, Conrad's theories, but just, just in this episode with what, what give us, give us a couple that maybe we'll, I've been... we'll go down the, go down the line on a couple. So yeah. we've already done one, which is the sort of death to escape the loop thing, which I still have some thoughts about death as a concept, but I don't think there is like two Helgas. I don't think like by dying, you're kind of restarting your own, your own timeline or, or, or something like that. Um, and the the whole like I think I think this is more like thematically accurate, so it might still it's kind of like the the Yggdrasil thing, um, but the whole like philosopher's stone keeping yourself young thing. I don't know yeah. if that's actually going to come up as a actual sort of physical mechanic within the plot, or whether it's just kind of thematically this is 
this ability to manipulate time is the prima materia. It's kind of the thing that okay. wars are fought over and, and humanity will will obsess over going forward, you know, the same way people obsess about turning lead into gold and all that. Like it's more of a sort of abstract representation of that as a as as something as a which is a source for conflict. So I think that's wrong. Yeah, well, um, I, I will give you a bit a bit of credit there though, uh, Conrad, because um, a lot of the time when you were talking about that prima materia and all that sort of thing, I, I was thinking to myself in terms of a lot of the sort of more alchemy sort of mystical things you were saying. Obviously, I was a bit skeptical of those, but you kept bringing it back to the idea of this, you know, prima materia, or you even mentioned dark matter at some point and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, And I, I, I always was picturing that in my mind as the cesium one three seven. Obviously, yeah, I, yeah, I'm, I guess like that could be. So, could I, be. so, so, whenever you were speaking about that, I always thought there was a grain of something there because. Because uh, because I do know that the cesium one three seven sort of becomes this liquid that they use. So I, I think there's not definitely thematically you were hitting on a lot of stuff there. So um, so I, I would give yourself like, more credit than just uh, a falsch on that one. You know. Okay, that's very kind of you. Um, and and then I think this one is kind of half right based on what we know now. But I I propose that there were three groups involved in the time travel, which is Noah's gang, and that is a direct quote. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the strangers, quote unquote, outsiders, which is also a direct quote uh, for the Kevin Nash fans among you, uh, and the and uh, the nuclear power plant folk, which I don't think the nuclear power plant folk have any idea what is going on here, excepting Claudia. So. Um, maybe alexander does as well actually but uh yeah so i have marked that one off as wrong though maybe that one will come back to be sort of half right depending on how the how the groups play out yeah yeah what you mean um okay cool so what about your new theories coming for or what so obviously we know you got the strange right um i don't know if there's anything major else major that you got right in this episode um i think you did i think you did say we we would see the future at some point (laughs) uh well I, I'll tell you the ones I've marked off as right. So, oh, okay, here we off, go. theory four: Peter Doppler is guilty of something. Back of the net. <laughs> that one's <laughs> that one. Guilty of uh, considering having an extramarital affair with a prostitute. So we discussed it last week. How that one is so vague that it was basically a gimme, and I'm taking, I'm shamelessly taking the points for that one. Um, um, yeah, but also like you know, concealing, uh, you know going and like dumping a dead body in the forest is pretty, yeah that's is, true that's well. a crime that's a crime that is, that is a crime he has committed a crime and his wife is a cop so yeah i'm taking that um i've given my I, like now you might dispute this but the i've given myself a point for the peter doppler and tronta are so obviously guilty that they couldn't possibly be involved with noah um theory even though i started to recant it in the last couple of episodes um because i did say i was going down with that ship but i am prepared to hear from our from both you and our listeners if they don't believe i should get the points for that i think you should get the points for that because i think that even though you started to recant it after that you were still saying it okay that's that's i'm glad uh, that, that that you're on side for that yeah. um so those are the two that i've got right i've given myself an an unprecedented orange for this one to imply that it might be right which is that the stranger has come back from a post-apocalyptic future like trunks in dragon ball z <laughs> which <laughs> I think might be quite close to the truth, but <laughs> I, to, that was before I thought that it was Jonas. So I suppose he hasn't come back from that future, but he may, well, I guess we, I guess we know he has visited that future because Jonas is there now. So that's in orange. I right? might be a little bit of a nitpicker here. Yeah. Ah, uh, no, it's, I'm not going to be a nitpicker, but what I was going to <laughs> say, what I was going to say was I always remembered that theory as Noah coming back from the future, but I've just remembered that was when you thought the stranger was Noah. Yes, yes. I think that might literally be, it was episode four. So I think that, yeah, in fact, I can tell you right now, 
Theory 21, Stranger is Noah, proposed, episode four. Correct? No. Episode concluded, episode five. So, <laughs> so, so that theory lasted one episode. <laughs> yeah, but that was the time, because I remember you talking about the trunks thing, but you were talking about Noah, I think, uh, because you, you thought the stranger was Noah. But obviously, yes. that, that, that theory still carries forward for the stranger in general. So possibly keep that orange for the for the minute we'll keep it orange um and we'll and we'll see where we go in terms of that right what about some new theories coming out of this so they're not they're not massive because i think really we're we've kind of i mean we we, we've seen off a lot of the theories that that we're cooking over from the last season but i think the first one is i think charlotte and or peter are going to be the next ones to time travel thanks to the portal opening up in 2019 i think charlotte has a lot of the a lot of the pieces of the puzzle already so i wouldn't be surprised if it was her um Mm -hmm. but actually having said that it would be a lot funnier if it was peter because he has no idea what's going on (laughs) (laughs) she just like shoves him into 1953 and is like i didn't love you anyway and then (laughs) and that's the end of that um Great, so, great yeah. place for a man who's just coming to terms with his uh, homosexuality. With homosexuality. Yeah, yeah they, homosexuality. they love him there. They love him there. Um, <laughs> then I, I think the next season is predominantly going to be about the future. Uh, I think. Like, I, I think. I hope we go back to the, you know the fifties and the eighties and twenty nineteen for you know little pit stops with the characters. But I feel like they need to establish um, whatever year that is. I'm going to guess it's twenty fifty two, but um, but it could be could be um, could be anything. Um, and I, uh, we hinted at this earlier, but I think at some point, I'm going to say, I'm going to say this is happening next season, that at some point Jonas is going to go back in time to the twenties with a plan of murdering young Noah, but won't do it as a kind of mirror of Ulrich. Interesting. Okay. I like, I like that theory. Uh, I like that theory. Okay. So, um, there's some, there's some couple of theories. I'm sure by the time we, we record the season one summary episode, you'll have stewed on this a bit more and you might have some more theories for us. Um, and we'll also discuss some stuff. So what we're planning on doing, uh, is doing a season summary next, uh, next week, uh, which will include your questions about, uh, for Conrad about season, uh, what he expects from season two. Also just general stuff about season one, if you want, uh, or just about whatever you want as well. Uh, you ask us anything. Um, also about Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> so w- what we're going to be doing, um, that with that week, we're going to go over Conrad's theories. We're going to go over some of the theories that maybe were held by the fans going into season two and see what, what Conrad thinks of those. The sort of com- a couple of theories he maybe hasn't thought of. Um, apart That'd be great. From, yeah, that's going to be fun. Um, so apart from that, uh, and we'll also just go over and analyze and summarize this, the series in general. Apart from that, I think we're ready for What the Dub this week. Yeah, let's do it. What the Dub? So every week I listen to the dub version of the uh, show. I've never really listened to it the whole way through before, so it's a bit funny, but it's also, you know, very, very excruciating for myself. But hopefully good listening. So this week I was really looking forward to it. The whole time we've been doing it, I've been really looking forward to episode 10. And I'll tell you why. The first time I ever watched any of the dub, it was because I accidentally put episode 10 on in season one without the German. I put it on with English. Um, and I'll tell you exactly why I did that before you start judging me. Uh, I, well, I've already I, judged you, to be honest. Yeah, I, I say actually, I said accidentally there. That was already me trying to lie a bit to, to get a bit more credit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the reason why I did it is because uh, it's actually a really good, good reason. It was uh, two years ago, whenever my, uh, my, my first son was born, 
Uh, oh, by the way, yeah, the whole birth and everything went fine. Thanks, thanks, all, everyone, for your for your, for your <laughs> yeah. well wishes. Uh, we'll uh, we're recording after that has happened, so it went well. Thank you very much. Uh, that's all I'll say. <laughs> I love that you've left that to the end of the episode as well. Like people are going to start listening to this and think something awful happened because <laughs> it hasn't been mentioned. No, I, I know, I know. I, everything everything <laughs> went fine. I I, I, I didn't want to. If I mentioned it at the start, I probably would have been up talking about it the whole time because obviously that's there's true, a huge, yeah. huge thing going on in my life at the minute, but. Uh, Thanks everyone for your congratulations. It went well. But anyway, the first time I had a I had a child, um, I we, we we were sitting around the house. Obviously, we're at home a lot. I'm I'm also a teacher, so I was off during the summer. That that was great. So a lot of time with the family. But I thought to myself, I'm going to start making my son a teddy bear. So I actually made a teddy bear from scratch. It was really good fun. Create like did the pattern myself, and I decided that I'd watch dark again while doing it. But because I was sewing. I couldn't like, you know, read the subtitles, so I had to listen to the dub. That was why I decided to listen to the dub the first time I did. Um, I only made it through about 10 minutes <laughs> before, before turning it off. So uh, I, actually, um, I, I actually listened to the first 10 minutes of this episode, and the reason why I decided to do what the dub was based on it. Now, let me tell you what I heard the first time. Mads' body falls down. Tronta comes in. Tronta's like, Mads, Mads, oh my god, right? Then <laughs> Claudia comes in and she's like, Tronti, you know, and it's, it was this huge farce of a thing in my mind. And I, because I went from the German into this scene and I was like, this is absolutely crazy. There's no atmosphere whatsoever. Now, this is the crazy part, listeners. I've watched the whole series in dub now, and this scene, in my opinion, now in with new perspective was actually well done oh christ it's already started it's yeah i'm turning i'm turning uh i actually that's awful i I, mean i have to see i I might have to go and watch this scene in like that particular scene in the dub just just to sort of get a a fresh set of eyes on this i honestly i sat down to watch the the dub this week think you know rubbing my hands thinking this is an easy one in the back pocket (laughs) and then i was just like hang on this it's not meant to be this way this there's actually some emotion in these actors' voices. I, I, I didn't remember this. Uh, the standards I, have been set so low by yeah, the rest of the show. The standard is so low in the dub that I actually think it, that I actually thought it was good. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's only it's only going to get worse from here. I hope you realise. Yeah, I, 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 it is, and I, I, but by this, by, by like this point in season two, like by the time we get to the fight season finale, season two, I'm, it's not going to be called what the dub. It's going to be called like, uh, you know, I love the dub or something. And we're going to be talking <laughs> yeah. about all, all the great parts of why you should how, watch the dub. How the German failed to capture the nuance that the English language version uh, explored with their exceptional dub. Yeah, and I've actually, I've actually thought of it there. Instead of what the dub, it'll be watch the dub. <laughs> Nailed it. There we go. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, thanks for watching and thanks for listening this week. Uh, it's been a really great uh, journey so far, and hopefully, you continue on us this journey through dark, journey through time. You might say of your HD townhouse. Yeah. Uh, Conrad, how have you? So- have you enjoyed? Now, I'm not talking about the actual show now, because uh, we, we will, we'll talk about that in the summary, and we've already talked about it. But I'm talking about in terms of the podcast. How have you enjoyed doing this podcast for the first season of Dark? Yeah, it's been amazing. I, I like. I think it's it's a really unique way to watch a show um, that I haven't had since well since Game of Thrones, basically. And and even then, that was fairly novel in and of itself. And having the podcast here to like help me unpack theories or propose ridiculous ones, and and having 
listeners you know and i can't say enough about the idea of people actually you know spending their time listening to us which i'm enormously grateful for but having having listeners who are willing to either point me in the right direction or send me down completely ridiculous paths is is fantastic yeah it's 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 great i have to echo that sentiment we never thought like you know we've been just chatting about films and tv for it's about almost a decade now and yeah. uh it, it's we never thought that uh you know we just put a couple of microphones in front of our face people would actually want to listen to us doing it so uh fantastic it's great so Make sure you subscribe on <laughs> straight into the plug. Make, yep. sure you, make sure you subscribe on YouTube if you haven't already. Make sure you subscribe on podcasting apps. I, I think I forgot to say that at the beginning of this uh, series. Uh, maybe I didn't. But uh, make sure you do. We, we're really, really uh, appreciative of the support we're getting on those podcast app, podcasting apps. Um, so, we're, And there's also an upgrade to the way we do it coming in a few, epis, uh, few, few weeks. So we'll let you know about that. New mm-hmm. microphones, possibly. Uh, so hopefully that that will improve the sound quality Um, so once we get that sorted that'll be great but thanks very much for subscribing thanks very much for listening leave us a little five star review if you could thank you very much yep apart from that goodbye goodbye thank you for listening to the After Dark Podcast make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode